0: I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal, morally, in the eyes of the law, yes, but in the eyes of good and evil, here's the argument. They are strictly principled anti-fascists, and what they see in the Trump administration and what they see happening in this country, they see see the neo-fascism that we see and they've taken a principal stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever they may show up. It
1: says it right in the name Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's you know, no organization is perfect, there is some violence.
0: I think that a lot of people recognize that when pushed, self-defense is a legitimate response to white supremacist and neo-Nazi violence. The problem is to equate the violence in reaction against bigotry with the bigotry itself is to misunderstand the fact that when you go to cancer treatment, the radiation is tough treatment, but it is meant to remove the cancer. There's a group of anti-fascists called the Black Bloc, which do tend to get violent. Their idea is, look, non-violent hasn't worked and we are going to try to stop this but they wouldn't have been there they wouldn't have been anywhere near there had it not been for the fact that white supremacists neo-nazis were out scaring the living day loud out of most of the people in that town Thuggishness is thuggishness, wherever it comes from politically and we should be the first to call it out
1: i disagree <laughs>
0: wedding, you have members of your cabinet that have been booed out of restaurants who have protesters taking up at their house, who yeah. saying no peace, no sleep, yeah. no peace, no sleep. And guess what? We're going to win this battle because while you try and quote the Bible, Jeff Sessions and others, you really don't know the Bible. God is on our side, yeah. on the side of the children, on the side of what's right on the side of what's honorable, on the side of understanding that if we can't protect the children, we can't protect anybody. And so, let's stay the course. Let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, It's looking increasingly, and you heard the president say this, the national, declaring a national emergency is on the table. What is your reaction to that as a method of reopening the government? I hope that he doesn't take us down that path. If he does that, we'll file a motion or a resolution of disapproval in the Congress right away and ask for a vote on it. Uh, We'll also fight him and challenge him in every way that we can, in the Congress,
1: in the courts, and in the streets in protest.
0: It is time for us as Democrats, to be as tough as they are, to be as dedicated as they are, to be as committed as they are. Michelle always says, Michelle Obama, I love her, you know, <coughs> she and my wife, like, really tight, um, which always scares me a rock. Uh, but Michelle always says that, you know, when they go low, we go up. No, no. When they go low, we kick them. Right? <laughs> That's what this new Democratic Party is about. We're, We're proud as hell to be Democrats. We're willing to fight for the ideals of the Democratic Party. We're proud of our history. We're proud of our present. And we're proud of the future that we can create for this country. And we're not in this just to make a statement. We're in this to win. You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. That's why I believe if we are fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. But until then, the only thing that the Republicans seem to recognize and respect is strength. And you heard how the Republican members, led by Mitch McConnell, the president, really demeaned the confirmation process. Before I end, that's my call to action here. Please don't just come here today and then go home. Go to the hill today. Get up and please, get up in the face of some Congress people. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. When he said today, America first, it was not just the racial, I mean the, I shouldn't say racial, the Hitlerian uh, background too. It was an America first committee. They were infiltrated by the Nazis. Many of them were anti-Semitic. Part of why they weren't alarmed by Hitler's rise in Germany. Outside of the Civil War, World War II, and including 9-11, this may be the most cataclysmic event the country's ever seen.
1: He's just... Disgusting to look at. Uh, He's obese. He's one of the repulsive, physically looking
0: human beings I've ever seen. Absolutely no morals. Who's a bully, who acts like a bigot and a racist and is a sexist and a sexual harasser. The case for impeachment has never been stronger, the evidence never so riveting. Are you suggesting that President Trump
1: should face impeachment?
0: Another member of Congress wants him impeached. There's growing talk at least about impeachment.
1: What is your case for impeachment? The first day of public testimony in the impeachment inquiry opening with a bombshell. We got the bombshell.
0: A a bombshell. 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 One bombshell bombshell after another. Bombshell after bombshell. We're bracing. For potentially an explosive opening statement. Explosive week. Explosive testimony. Explosive. Truly explosive. The most explosive thing. This is a slow motion explosion. How explosive. Very explosive. And I think it will be explosive. Wow. Donald Trump feels the walls closing in. Really kind of the walls closing in on him. Walls closing in on him. Walls closing in on him. There is a non-trivial chance that if Donald Trump loses the election, he ends up living out the rest of his days in prison
1: but here's the question would you like to see president trump in prison
0: do you want to see the president in prison do you think trump could end up going to jail he could actually face jail time donald trump could end up in jail in prison if he ends up in jail so be it you are pathetic
1: from a journalism point of view donald trump is a brain eating disease
0: how stupid can you be this president has radicalized so many more people than isis ever did his ignorance could pose a profound danger to every single person in this country and literally every
1: inhabitant of the planet earth no we won't call them fascist comments fascist fascism fascist xenophobic racist demagogic sexist autocratic donald trump's a fascist
0: someone like a fascist or a tyrant or an autocrat fascist
1: hitler hitler adolf hitler. hitler 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 he could well
0: be just an empty Man, an empty human being with no soul. Donald Trump blows Vladimir Putin like they are illegal immigrants hiding in Putin's and he's gotta suck them all out. In fact, the only thing your mouth is good for is being Vladimir Putin's holster. You Donald Trump are a horrible, horrible human.
1: I play all of those videos, well first, welcome, on that joyous introduction, welcome to episode 13 of the Point B podcast. New year, new problems, right? I played those opening videos not to create anger, although I'm sufficiently pissed off again now, but to be granted, I woke up pissed off this morning. Uh, For the second, third day straight since, what, January 6th. Um, I don't want to use this podcast to make people angry. I think people have enough reasons to be angry, no matter what political party you're involved with or not involved with. You've got plenty of reasons to be scared, angry, sad, upset without me providing more. My goal with this episode is... And it's going to be a long one, so <laughs> get ready. Um, my, my goal is simply to to create. Before I do that, I want to pray. Jesus Christ, I'm begging you for the people who believe in you and for the people who don't right now all i want is to speak calm focus positive energy and truth that's all i want i don't want to sway anybody's minds i don't want to further exacerbate an already extremely tense situation i simply want to put forward my thoughts even if nobody ever hears them and maybe just inspire one person to be calm and to focus their energy, their mental, emotional, spiritual, and their physical energy on being a good American, being a good fellow American, regardless of politics. And I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth right now speaks truth And falls on ears that are willing to hear peace. Jesus Jesus' name, amen. I've been making notes for this podcast for the past couple of days, really couple of nights. Um during the day I just I'm working now, I'm all up in my head about all this, and then eight, nine thirty, ten o'clock comes around, then I can pull out the computer and, and type some stuff. Um but I, I feel like this is a conversation. It's like one of those conversations that you're gonna have with a coworker or a boss or a family member or friend that you're upset with or whatever it is, and you're you're prepping for it, you're taking a shower and you're having a fake conversation. And I've I've rehearsed this podcast so many times. Excuse me. And I've forgotten every single thing I decided I was going to say. So we're just going to wing it at this point. Um, We all know what happened January 6th. We all know the the fear and the anger that people in this country are experiencing. My goal for this episode, there's a few goals. First off, I want to convey my feelings to the people who laid siege to our capital, our capital. I want to talk about some critical thinking regarding the state of affairs in our country. I want to talk about what society, I believe, is doing in general. And I really want to focus on the media hypocrisy in all of this. And then I want to talk about where do we go from here. As a people, not as conservatives, not as Republicans. Fuck all that. Where do we go as fellow human beings inhabiting the same planet, the same continent, living under the same government? How are we going to get back to a position of treating each other as human beings? With jobs and families and illnesses. Grandparents dying. Layoffs. Out of work. Oh, but thank God we got $600. Yeah. We've all got our own crap to deal with every single day. All of us. And then we get on Facebook, and we get on Twitter, and we get on Instagram, and we get on whatever the hell people are looking at now. I didn't sound ancient there. (laughs) We get behind a keyboard, and we act as if everybody is our enemy. There's no semblance of just common decency anymore. And what's worse, God, the freaking celebrities, people who I thought, like, man, okay, he's got to be like a closet, rational human being, not even a conservative. I doubt there's very many of those that exist anymore in Hollywood. Hollywood, But, man, they got to at least be rational. And then now they feel emboldened to just anybody in a MAGA hat now is an extremist to them. And I bounce back and forth between anger but really, it boils down to I'm just, I'm hurt. I feel betrayed by so many. And I don't mean politicians, I don't give a shit about them. I mean just people in my own network, friends and family. And it, it took one event of a handful of people. Keep, keep in mind, you watch those videos of people breaking into the Capitol, there's a mile of shoulder-to-shoulder people stretching out the other direction who have no idea what the hell is happening. They assembled there starting at, I think, like 6 in the morning. They were praying. They were talking. It was a festival of joy. Some might, you know, like what people were trying to portray um, the autonomous zone over the summer as. The summer of love. Get the... Get out of here, man. There was Peace. And I'll get into this a little bit more, but there, there, there is eyewitness testimony within those peaceful crowds of watching the backpacks show up, watching the black face masks come on, and a spiritual shift in mood from peace, love, and hope that maybe they will listen to thousands of people gathering in our nation's capital. And that hope turned to fear. And I believe there was a spiritual battle that happened on January 6th in our capital. If it sounds like I'm reading for the next however many minutes, it's because in many cases I am because I want to, I want to be extremely careful about what I say today. I want, I want to make it very well known how I feel about this and how I believe the vast majority of I'll say Republicans for now. I I think Republicans are about to switch to something, um, previously never really seen on the public stage called a third party conservatives, Republicans, the vast majority of us feel, I believe the way that I feel at least in some way. There's a phrase that's repeated in the Bible for those with eyes to see and ears to hear. And I think that that, just from what I've read and growing up hearing preachers preach, it was almost a beseeching Of the speaker whoever was writing that particular portion of the Bible saying please listen please open your eyes open your ears and what it boils down to is soften your heart I've heard phrases growing up since I even heard of politics hypocrite close-minded zealot Racist, sexist, homophobe, and I've never once, ever thought maybe one of those is actually representing of me, because I know in my heart I'm none of those things, and people who know me know I'm none of those things. So I'm I'm going to pretend I'm speaking to the people who 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 have somehow gotten it into their brains. Enough to believe that I am those things because of who I voted for. Because I'm wearing a Trump hat right now. Wake up. Open your eyes. Open your mind and open your heart beyond what you see on social media. What you see on the news. In your carefully curated air quotes. Journalistic, whatever. Look past what the blue check marks on Twitter say. I am tired of allowing the media to create the criteria to decide which side we are all supposedly on. The media gets a story. They assign a viewpoint to the different divisive politicians engaging in that story, and then depending on how you voted, you are thrust forcefully and against your will into a corner of right or wrong. Zero benefit of the doubt given. I've seen the argument, well this this sentence is out of date. I've seen the argument, leave Facebook, leave Twitter if you don't want to be censored or if you don't, don't want to engage there. I agree, but at the same time, I don't want, to, I don't want another platform where, I, where I'm surrounded by people who agree with me. That's not what people want. I want actual discussion. And the problem is society doesn't know how to do that anymore. Our society is being upended. And now we've got politicians and people in the news media talking about removing Trump from office. Today is January 9th. He leaves office. He has pledged already to leave office on January 20th. Removing Trump from office would be a big mistake. Huge mistake. I'm not going to say that. (laughs) So what's causing all this anger, confusion, rage... Sadness and fear. It's not Donald Trump. Donald Trump just got here. They're all politicians who have been around for decades on both sides. One of them just got voted into the White House. Donald Trump is a symptom. So, what's the cause? Before I answer that, I'm going to use phrases like the left. I'm going to use phrases like Democrats. I'm going to use phrases like Democrat leadership. Those are all different groups of people. The average Democrat, I've said it before, I think agrees in many ways with the same things I agree with. We just vote differently. Maybe we want the same things, we just have different ideas of how to get there. Democrat leadership, they're all a bunch of puppets at this point. And they got elected by a radical base. And now they have to placate that radical base. What is the cause of the social upheaval that we're we're watching happen? I'll tell you. The left's constant poking and prodding You heard in in several of those video montages, the names, the labels assigned to people who disagree, who dare to disagree with them. The left's constant poking and prodding at those of us with the obvious, January 6th, obvious means. to cause trouble but with the emotional and I would well the emotional fortitude to abstain for the sake of peace that's the cause the unrelenting onslaught of labels and names that have been thrust on us we saw the beginnings of the effects of that cause on January 6th Donald Trump wasn't the cause, he's the symptom of a much greater disease rotting away at our country. The foundations of our country. And you know the sad part? There are people profiting from this chaos. But guess what? Everybody will be negatively impacted by the fall of the greatness that was America. The entire world will mourn the day America no longer has the the desire, cross that out, the ability to be the light on a hill. We will always have the desire to help others. As a people, we will always rise to the occasion of loving each other when people need to be loved. We see every single tragedy. We watch people suddenly drop what they're doing and help those in need. Except if you're at a BLM riot, apparently you just pull out your phone and record it. We'll always have the desire to right wrongs where they exist. We will simply, and in many cases we have, lost the ability to do that. Before I get further into my rage at this point towards the media, I have even more rage, believe it or not, more anger at those who stormed the Capitol. I'm pissed off at them. I'm, I'm And it's personal to me for a weird reason, much like it was personal when Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park died. Can't explain it. For whatever reason, I listened to that album and it, their latest album. And I just, I heard the pain and it sent me into a very brief several days of just kind of a little depression. It was like, man, this dude that I grew up listening to and I loved, I I saw him live and it was amazing. And now he's gone. And in the way he left this world is, it was tragic. And I feel much the same way personally. Because I found out that there's a band that I love, Iced Earth. Not for everybody's cup of tea. I wouldn't even recommend you go and listen to it because it is very, very, it's, it's some dark metal. But I love it. The, the talent showcased alone is just, I love it. I can appreciate it. The rhythm guitarist, John Schaefer, who writes most of their music, pretty much all their music, was one of the leaders storming the Capitol on January 6th. There's a picture of him pointing his black gloved hand. I think he's got a hood up or a hat, big white beard. Look at his eyes to pure rage. So when I saw that, it was like, damn it, I can't even have that. I can't. This is why we can't have nice things, people. And that in, in and of itself pissed me off so much because. Because of exactly what's happening right now. We're all... You cannot find a news article talking about the riots at the Capitol. The storming of the Capitol. Without seeing the phrase, Trump supporters lay siege to the Capitol. Nothing this bad has ever happened since 1812. (laughs) They are not me. I am not them. They do not represent my viewpoints. I don't know what else to say to further distance myself and what I consider to be a movement that, I'm a, that I want to be involved in, that I agree with. I don't know how to distance that anymore from what happened on January 6th. And here's the problem. The media doesn't want to distance the peaceful protesters from the radicals in this case. Now, you just heard audio of their desperate attempts to separate the violence of last summer from the protests and what they believe was the, the mission of the protests. And yet zero attempt is given to do the same when it involves Donald Trump. They see this as, uh, we'll say pun intended, they see this as a Trump card to get Trump removed from office, and not only removed from office, if they wanted Trump removed from office, all they got to do is wait 11 days. We've all seen how progressives can be patient, but that's not what they want. They want him disgraced, they want him shamed, and they want him cast out of society, And in so doing, they would cast the rest of us out. Make no mistake, we'll talk about this more in a second. Secession is happening. Secession has happened. The radical left has seceded from everything that this country stands for. Everything this country was built on. They've already left. No, they're still here and they're still using our system to destroy our system. But they left long ago. And now the right is seceding from society. You can't fire me. I quit. That's what's happening. And yet the left continues to poke and prod us. Instead of just letting this die down, instead of letting Trump just walk away, they kick him off of Twitter. They kick him off of Facebook. Maybe I'm the only one, I know I'm not. My Twitter deleted. Twitters have several several active Twitter accounts that I use. Deleted. Today because I have business accounts that I run through my Facebook page, I got to set up a a fake one so I can still manage those business accounts because Facebook wants to make sure you can't just manage a business account. You got to have your personal linked to your business. That's on purpose. But by the end of the weekend, I'm going to be done with Facebook too. As of right now, Instagram is still somewhat effective. But they start kicking, doling out lifetime sentences for uh, political Instagram users. I'll be off of there too in a heartbeat. I don't give a crap anymore. I'm pissed at how easily the left wants to write the protesters from January 6th off as crazy loons, which they would not do over the summer. But I'm even more pissed at the rioters themselves who are making it so easy for the left to lump us all into one group of extremists. 75, 80 million people, if you honestly believe that we're all extremists, I got news for you. There's no way you're going to win. No matter what level of strife this country goes through, if you honestly believe we're as extreme as you say you do, you've already lost, bro. If you broke into the Capitol, I echo Donald Trump's words. You do not represent us. You represent yourself in your own insecurities, your own desperation, frankly, your own small-mindedness. You damaged a cause that has taken years from the Tea Party to the rise of the modern conservative ideology. Have you noticed that conservative politicians, now the younger ones, I don't give a crap about marijuana. <laughs> I don't give a crap about these things. That If you watch any 90s comedy movie, the Republican who's trying to make it so difficult in the party goers, he's just a stiff guy in a suit, and all he wants to do is keep the cool kids from partying and having fun. That's not the Re- Republican Party anymore. The new Republican Party, well... The new third party that's about to happen, I believe. The new conservatism doesn't give a crap about that. So if you contributed to the the violence and the chaos, you, you sealed our doom in a way. The media loves to pretend that they aren't biased. Yet imagine how the headlines would read this week had the woman who was shot through the neck at the Capitol and killed been black. Don't get angry that I would dare make the comparison. Just stick with me here. Actually think about it. Put on your big boy pants, big girl pants, and just think. What would the headlines say? Unarmed black protester shot by white, White House security officer. And there'd be more riots nationwide in the name of that dead protester. More violence, more deaths, more autonomous zones, more police precincts burned, more federal buildings attached, attached, attacked, more statues toppled, statues of the people who built this nation and who instilled certain language into our founding documents that have enabled the freedoms we have today and enabled us to correct the injustices that were present in their time. Those people's statues are being toppled. I'm willing to bet that many of those who broke into the Capitol desecrating our national history in the name of revolution, probably said something similar to these words. I pledge my life, my fortune, and my sacred honor to this cause. They thought by just saying those words that they were invoking the courage and the patriotism of those who originally spoke it at the beginnings of our country. I say we give them the opportunity to live up to their words. Treat them with the same swift hammer of justice as they would have used on the anarchists and seditionists this past summer. So I'm on a mission now. I don't know where it's going to lead me. I, I honestly don't. I hope it leads me to many more podcast episodes and because I honestly enjoy this. I already feel a million times better than I did when I woke up this morning because I've able to, I've been able to put out some of these feelings. Don't get excited. I've got plenty more to say. I'm just going to take a little emotional break here before I start talking about levers of power and how we use our system the way it was meant to be used to correct wrongs and injustices that we're seeing today. Well, before I go there, I want to talk to you about Black Rifle Coffee. I've been talking about Black Rifle for years now. I've loved it. Started listening to a little podcast, not so little now, called Drinking Bros Podcast. Not for everybody, much like Iced Earth. (laughs) But what they taught me was if you want something, get it. If you want a specific type of lifestyle, you got to work for it. And they really sent me on this mission of discovering myself in a way that I didn't know I had to until I did where I grew up believing certain things. I was raised to believe certain things. And if I can't even imagine if I'd walked into our living room and said, I didn't believe those things. Um, I don't know what would have happened. But it went from, well, that's how I was raised to, do I really believe that? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. But a podcast started that. And that podcast led to the eruption of a company called Black Rifle Coffee. Veteran, combat veteran owned and operated. Evan Hafer, CEO. Amazing dude. Uh, Matt Best, I think one of the vice presidents or something. I'm sorry, Matt. Um, amazing dude lives here locally, helps out with a local veteran organization called warrior's heart and has done amazing things for them and doesn't seek publicity for it. I found out about the great things that they do usually because of other, uh, social media accounts. They don't praise themselves. You might call that a kind of a Christian value. huh? Beyond that, Black Rifle Coffee produces the freshest cup of coffee you're going to get. Because when you place an order on their website, www.blackriflecoffee.com, then they roast the bean. You're getting a bean that is freshly roasted and shipped to you. It's about a week old, a couple weeks old, versus what you buy on the shelf at H-E-B or your local grocery store. is probably months old and stale. When you get stale coffee, you get a lot of acid. When you drink a lot of acid, you get upset stomach you get that bitter aftertaste it's not a smooth cup black raffle coffee is so fresh you can brew it in pretty much any method and you're going to notice the difference and it's amazing i don't have a promo code for you guys yet um i would love to i would love this podcast to grow enough to where i could demand something like that so i don't have a discount code for you um But if you do want a discount code, I would say check out like a, I don't know, drinking bros podcast, free range, American podcast, American party podcast, things like that. They have promo codes for you, Um, but check it out. They've got, it's a, it's a quality product and they're doing great things with that product and the profits are going to law enforcement groups, veterans groups, first responder groups, and it's going to hire veterans. Uh, I think there are over 50% uh, employers of veterans. So it's an amazing thing. I'm gonna take a sip of my black raffle coffee because I'm getting caught in mouth now. Ah. Muy delicioso. Okay. So we start now I wanna move on from what sparked this because you know I honestly thought I would just be pissed off this whole episode. I feel pretty good now because I vented a little bit. I'm imagining there's millions of people listening to this episode. <laughs> I feel good. So, so what do we want and how do we get there? People want to be free. If you watch any major, uh, especially HBO, I've noticed there's this underlying current in their content of freedom and throwing off the chains of oppressors, tyrants, overreaching governments. People want to be free. They want to believe that if they want to pursue something that they can and that they should and that they have a reasonable chance of success, you take that away, well, you've essentially got indentured servitude. And we all know what indentured servitude led. or Do we? Not a lot of people know that, that slavery didn't start at slavery. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to get myself a slave. It started with indentured servitude and then it was, oh, well, while he was working for me, working off his debt, I didn't like the quality of his work. So I think he needs just to keep working and then trickle down. Now there was the, the precedent of, well, I think I should just keep him because whatever. So if you don't have freedom under our system, you've got essentially indentured servitude. But those who can lift the burdens and the constraints of federal tyranny, federal overreach, they're instead, they're busying themselves with accusing the other people of being the slavers. Just politicians back and forth doing what politicians do, which is why our government was never meant to be as big as it is, because it's ineffective. Instead of solving the problem, they simply point the finger and nothing gets done. Instead of acknowledging the sad truth of government overreach, they use government overreach to silence their political rivals in the name of setting the captives free. If just one child is saved, the children, think of the children, as Maxine Waters loves to say. I think we're, we're done falling for that little game it's time for the government to back off or at least get out of the way. I like to believe, and I think evidence shows, that that's something that Trump tried to do in many ways was get the government out of the way of innovation, of businesses succeeding, of people just living their lives. Something important, I think, that has to be said is that I will never engage in violence like we saw on January 6th to solve political issues. I have to make that clear. Um, not a completely opposed to violence, but when it comes to politics, yes, I'm opposed to violence. But I'm not going to sit back and act like the violence is without cause. You know, if, you, if you're running a fever, you don't say, oh, fever suck." I'm just going to stop running a fever. You, you say, all right, well, there's got to be an infection. Huh. Let's figure this out. This is a symptom. What does the symptom lead us to? Let's, let's think critically here. You can, you can assign or attribute a reason to a cause and effect situation without lumping in the justification of it. And, and that's what I'm trying to do here. So what do we do when we can't trust our government to just do their jobs? They have a very specific um, job description that's securing our borders. Congress has the responsibility to levy taxes, supposedly, uh, as little as possible in order to fund those things. But what we're seeing a lot from the left... Well, I won't even say the left. I think Joe Biden is not a member of the left. I think Joe Biden is an empty suit being used by the left. Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, sorry. Kamala Harris is, I believe, a uh, she wants to be a member of the left. She just hasn't uh, earned her stripes yet. Give her time, give her time. But you want to know for all of Joe Biden's talk of unity, if you actually read his tweets, there's always another little poke in there. There's always another little prod. And, and to be fair, granted, Donald Trump is just as guilty, if not more guilty of the same thing, which has been my frustration for the past four years. He's doing things I wanted him to do, but he's saying things that are just antagonizing people. So I, I get that argument. I do. But I I do still believe people are responsible for their own actions. Um, Millions of Trump supporters didn't go and storm the Capitol. A handful of radicals did. But you want to know what real compromise looks like? Unity takes compromise. Unity takes uh, all of us saying, this is what I believe, but I'm willing to work towards this for the sake of peace. You, know what, you want to know what compromise looks like. It's admitting that you might be wrong. And even opening up the floor to that possibility. And engaging levers of power to discover if you're correct or not. Compromise was a 10-day audit of the election. Compromise was saying hey, maybe we shouldn't certify this vote yet because maybe it wasn't fair. I understand. I saw Dan Crenshaw saying that it's not up to Congress to say whether the electoral vote is fair or not, but I have to to kick back a little bit. There's a reason why our Constitution and our system is set up where Congress does have to certify the electoral college vote, and that's for the event, as we've seen before, I think it was 1876, where... If there's real concern by, let's say, oh, I don't know, half the country, that things weren't done fairly, I think Congress does have that responsibility to say, well, hey, before we certify these votes, let's not change these votes or say what we hope the outcome will be, but let's investigate a little bit before we just install a new president. Compromise was a 10-day audit of that election. Not to determine that Trump won, but to determine if the election was fair. To determine if maybe there was an outside party that played a role. As in 2016, instead of the Democrats using these functions of government to make their case, they waited till Trump took office and immediately, hearing after hearing, special committee after special committee, interrogation after interrogation, they used two and a half years to find evidence they knew didn't exist. And in fact, evidence that, that did exist pointed to the exact opposite of the claims they were trying to make. Which was that Donald Trump did not collude with the Russians. Uh, we're not going to go down that road. <laughs> uh, I need some coffee. Uh. A 10-day audit of the election would have satisfied much of the anger that we saw on January 6th. I believe there still would have been an attempt. There are people whose minds cannot be swayed by reason, but there's also personal eyewitness testimony of people who showed up peacefully, saw things happening on the steps of the Capitol and decided they'd rather engage than sit back and watch it. And I've, I've seen the news articles I saw one where uh, I think it was a business owner helped storm the Capitol and he said it was the worst decision of his life. I heard testimony from a congressman, um, Chris, oh crap, steel, not steel, uh, crap. I forgot his name, but he was in the Capitol building and he got shoved into a closet when it was getting overrun. They had a glass window on it and he was able to watch what was happening and he watched two of the people breaking in hitting the the windows with uh barricades or something and then they looked at each other according to his testimony and they it was almost like they asked each other what are we doing and they dropped their weapons their tools and they walked away Instead of a 10-day audit, they decided to say no to even the, the intellectual curiosity of an unfair election. And they proceeded with nullifying the voices of arguably over half the country. That is how you get civil war. When people feel they have exhausted all reasonable means by which to petition their government, all peaceable means by which to petition their government, you scream unity, we scream freedom. And at this point in our nation's history, the two don't agree. Because unity in your definition, and we're watching the Webster's Dictionary be changed in real time as they're trying to adjust our social norms. You scream unity, but what you mean is submission. Really, w- look at their words when they say, especially Joe Biden. He's been saying it. He's rehearsed it so many times. I'm not a a red or blue president. I'm a party of the American people. I'm a president of the American people. But then look at, one, his actions. But then, two, the words following those statements. And the words further demonize half the country. The half that didn't vote for him. The half that would never vote for him. And so I I contemplate these things and I'm I'm thinking, I'm talking out loud to myself in the shower or on the way to work or on the way home from work. Or I'm sitting at my desk and I'm just listening to the radio, whether it's or whoever I'm listening to, podcast. And I'm just like, what is happening? How did we get here? And I've talked to people and I'm always reminded that especially since I believe there's there's a spiritual battle going on on January 6th at the Capitol. Any spiritual war has already been won. You know, even the people in my friend circle or my family that are Democrats and disagree with me and disagree with Donald Trump. um, Even many of them believe in God or they, they claim to. And I believe they do they believe differently maybe about God and our responsibilities towards him but if we believe in this spiritual battle that takes place day to day well then we have to believe what the Bible says that we've already won God's already won that spiritual battle it's just still occurring right now but something that's been in my head recently and there there was a specific conversation I had with somebody that led to this idea popping back into my head, and now it's just sticking in there. It's that God tells us not to worry about tomorrow. God tells us to rely on Him for our daily bread. In the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. It's not, hey, give me enough for the rest of this week, or hey, just give me enough to last till payday been there. I was talking to my wife the other day and we were worrying about everything. And I had to remind her how many times over the past year have we been down to a dollar something in the bank account and we've got a credit card payment, fucking credit cards, um, or we've got rent due or whatever it is. got to buy groceries. What are we going to eat today? And instead of having to scrap by, we would literally get in the mail a card from a family member, somebody that we haven't talked to in forever, but they heard we got married. And they would, they would mail us cash. They would mail us checks. And they would show up when our bank account was just about to go negative. I can't, I can't even tell you how many times that happened. How many times we were sitting there in the dark and had no idea how we were going to pay rent and then boom. It's amazing. And so I have to hearken back to that faith that I had back then where I would pray, God, you've done it before. You know, last month you, you sent us 50 bucks mysteriously and, and I'm begging you to do it again and he would do it again. And then got back to work, got back to being responsible with our bills and we've forgotten that we still have to rely on God even if our bills are taken care of, even if he is taking care of us consistently in one area, that we still have to rely on him for other areas for that daily bread. And God tells us not to worry about tomorrow, to worry about today. So with that being said, where do we go from here? I've only got about another 30 minutes left and I'll let you go. How do we fix this broken thing? Do we tear it down and start over? There's a lot of people that are just ready to burn it all to the ground. Back to the HBO concept. Um, I talked last episode about Westworld. That's an idea presented, not only presented, but uh, really expanded upon in that show. If you ever watch it, um, I won't ruin it for you right now. But (laughs) do we tear it down and start over? That's what many on the right believe. That's what many, well, that's what the people who stormed the Capitol believe. That it's all hope, hope is lost. It's time to take it back into a small group of people's hands and start over. Reset the concept of freedom. And you know what? That's what the left believes. That's what the far left believes that we should tear it all down, but not because that they want to build it back. They use that phrase, build back better. We've talked about the great reset before build back. Better does not mean build back. Better build back. Build back better has a very specific plan for building back society and government in general. Um, And it's not based in freedom. They don't want to tear it down because they believe that it can be fixed. They don't want it to be fixed. They want it to be replaced with their version of utopia. They want it fixed. We can't beat them at that game. We on the conservative right... I've heard so many people calling into radio shows and guests on podcasts talking about it's time for us to play their game. It's time for us to get as violent as they were over the summer. It's time for us to to start playing nasty. We're not going to win that game. The left played our system to perfection. If you were to make a movie about the progressive ideology over the past couple of decades, it's a masterpiece. It really is. They studied and they learned our system down to the smallest court case precedents, And they played it. We can't win that game because it's not who we are. Not because we don't love our system enough to learn it and to utilize it, but because it's not in our nature to impose our beliefs. And I'm talking the modern conservative. It's not in our nature to impose what I believe about taxation or what I believe about small government or what I believe about local policing. It's not up to me to impose that on somebody else. Therefore, why would I want to? And how would I ever be successful at it if it's not something I believe in? The left believes they know better than we do. The left believes they should. They have a moral responsibility to impose their ideologies on us because if they don't, Society will crumble. We can't win that game. So I don't know how to fix this, honestly. All I know is that it's time for me to do my part. It's time for me to seize hold of my own voice. And I'm accepting that In this process that we're watching of the right seceding from society. There's real financial implications to that. We saw it after Sandy Hook when suddenly, I think it was MasterCard or Visa, one of them, or multiples. I think Bank of America was one of them. Stop providing banking services. Refused to, to provide banking services to gun manufacturers. There's real financial implications to standing up for what you believe in in today's America. Maybe we will have to let go of our fortunes, our castles, and our, air quotes, sarcastically sacred honor. Bible never said that we're going to be accepted. In fact, the Bible says the opposite, that we would be rejected by society, and in so doing, we would know That we're not living for man's approval. Because guess what? In a modern, technologically advanced society where we somehow believe that we are the gods of our own universe, that type of mentality is not going to agree with one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. It's It's not going to agree with the concept of fundamental human rights endowed upon us by our creator because guess what if mankind allocates rights and liberties to you well then mankind kind can take them away our country was founded on the idea that mankind didn't give us those rights that mankind has no ability to give us those rights therefore mankind has no right ability or shred of hope to ever take away those rights if you remove god from that equation you've removed all certainty even even still doubt into those things that doubt has no place in my right to freedom of speech there should be no doubt and there is no doubt in my heart because god almighty provided me that right not donald trump or joe biden I'm, t- I'm really tired of hearing people call into radio shows, conservative talk shows, podcasts. I'm tired of hearing listeners call in, begging the host, you've got to do something. You've got to lead us. What are we supposed to do? How do I take action? How do we organize? I said it in the hero episode. <laughs> Why are we still waiting on the heroes? Why are we still waiting for the big voices, the talking heads in the media? Why are we waiting on them to take action? If the left taught us anything over this past summer, it's that organization and action need to happen on the smallest level and work its way up. It's called grassroots. We saw it with the Tea Party. But then what happened after the Tea Party is, well, progressive Republicans just started using the word conservative. Bush called it a compassionate conservatism. Sounds nice, just like the Patriot Act. God, that dude just needs to disappear from society too. Only when a true grassroots movement gains traction, only then will politicians need to take action. I'm reading a book, and it's really hard for me to get through because it pisses me off, much like much of what I choose to focus on for some reason. But I wanted to learn, okay, what's the game plan of the radical left? What are they working towards? Why are they doing it in the way that they are doing it? There's a book called Burn Down the American Plantation, which believes that American society is rooted in racism, bigotry, and um, the subduing of minorities, specifically black people. And if you read that book, it's summer 2020 to a T. They followed the game plan perfectly, pristine. And they still are, by the way. Faith without works is dead. And I think too many people on the conservative right take that and mean faith in a political system or a system of government or an economic system. Faith without works. Oh, I have faith in Donald Trump, but I have to do something. I have to show my commitment. I have to show him that we're willing to stand behind him. Storming a federal building or the Capitol building, the federal building, That's not the same thing. We can't claim to believe in a book that says, "In those days, evil be called good and good be called evil," while calling the evil actions of a few on January sixth good. It wasn't. It was evil. It was chaos. So I want to wrap this one up. Um, Some encouragement. Maybe I'm speaking more to myself. Maybe all these concepts, i am maybe I'm the only one who's just now thinking about these things. I don't believe so, but maybe I am. So maybe I'm talking to myself, but here's some encouragement. There are so many reports of citizens who attended the protest uh, march. That happened in D.C. on January 6th. And they said that the morning was peaceful, hopeful, confident. Then suddenly the atmosphere turned dark. And many left the rally at that point. The violence and the agitation was an organized effort to create chaos. I don't believe it was Antifa. Only because of who I saw as part of their leadership, John Schaefer who I know through his his musical works and interviews I've seen him in on like Alex Jones and stuff, when I was just getting into um not mainstream media, and I thought, well, maybe Alex Jones is one of these dudes. And <laughs> no. First time I heard the frogs are gay, I turned that that off. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't heard that one, you need to look it up. Alex Jones is if anything, he's just pure entertainment. <laughs> but I was researching John Schaefer because he put an album out called Sons of Liberty and he was talking about very libertarian um, political ideas. And I was like, well, here's somebody in a band that I love and he's actually, maybe he's speaking my language a little bit. And there's a song on there called um, the tree of Liberty. And there's a famous quote. I think it's uh, Jefferson or John Adams that the, at times the tree of Liberty must be watered with the blood of patriots and tyrants. I guarantee you that there's probably 50 people storming the Capitol that had that tattooed on their ass on January 6th. And it's one of those phrases that sounds eloquent, sounds sexy in a very non-sexy way. But it doesn't pertain to what the struggle is at this point in our country. We're not there yet. Those people, and I say all that, to say that I don't believe Antifa is responsible. They may have played a role in agitating, but I I, want to own what happened on January 6th. That was from the right. That was the far right. Summer, far left, ignored by the media. Far right, January 6th was the far right, and the media is circle, uh, well, they're having a lot of fun with it and with each other over that. January 6th was chaos. We've all seen The Dark Knight. And Heath Ledger's portrayal of Joker was nothing short of genius. Um, Especially in that hospital scene when he says, I'm an agent of chaos. I'm an agent of chaos. I'm a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do if I caught one. That's what we saw on January 6th. We saw people desperate to do something. And in so doing, they tore down so much progress that was made for conservative ideologies and viewpoints. Evil uses chaos to accomplish its goals. And that's the good news. Because the opposite of evil is good. And good creates order out of chaos. Chaos loves darkness You can't shine darkness where there's light. Light infiltrates darkness. Good creates order out of chaos. And I believe the Holy Spirit was present at that rally on January 6th. And as those who felt those promptings left the area, the mood gave way to chaos. And we all know the rest of that story. This is a spiritual battle for the soul of our nation. And we're seeing it play before our eyes. This spiritual battle is not new. It's been going on for decades. But it was isolated, mostly, to the spiritual. And the darkness was so easy to see, but now everything, the lines are so blurry. As the Bible said would happen, good is now called evil. And evil is now called good. But we as the people of this nation, the people who oh, I just said, we need to seize our own voices. The voice of this nation needs to recognize that sometimes evil is just evil. January 6th was evil. Once the good had left. The good that remained on January 6th was ravaged by the evil that day. It was overcome by evil that day. So I ask again, where do we go from here? My course of action now is going to be local. I don't know exactly how, again, um, I don't know. I, I've, I've teased and I've titillated uh, the idea of, I, I said titillated. I don't even actually know the definition of that word. I just know it sounds dirty and it cracks me up. <laughs> but I've entertained internally the idea of, Politics, me being involved in politics or just growing the podcast or maybe not even that, maybe just being a decent person to everybody I encounter and trying to smile at people, even through a mask. I've talked about that before. The desperation in people's eyes when you walk into your grocery store and you actually catch your eye, catch somebody's eye. Many times there's, there's like this, oh, thank God. I just needed that human to human interaction. So many people, including myself, even if we're, we are still working, we're working from home and we're desperate to just get out and experience life again. So I don't know what mobilization looks like. But I do know that we need to go back to the local. We need to start worrying about our communities again. We need to stop focusing on who's occupying the White House. Because that's not how our system was set up. That's playing into their idea of how to correct the system because their idea is a strong man their idea is somebody in the White House who does have a lot of control and they're they're about to get it they're about to get the White House and all of Congress they have a majority in the Senate they have a majority in the House they can do whatever the hell they want to do it's got to be up to us to speak up and let them know listen if you start down that road it's not going to end well And I don't know what not ending well looks like. Because honestly it depends on what they try. They're already talking about mandatory gun buybacks. They're already talking about taxing gun owners to own guns. Taxing every single bullet. They want a ban on assault style weapons. And yet every mass shooting we've seen in recent years has been with a pistol. It's just... It's illogical. It's nonsensical. It's desperate. Plain and simple, we need to create a shelter or you might say a sanctuary for our constitution and the bill of rights, which is so important. If you don't own a copy a printed copy of the constitution and the bill of rights, you need to get one. I think you can get them for free at certain, um, patriotic websites. Talk to your local county sheriff. Know who they are, know what they believe in. Because it's going to be up to local law enforcement. It's going to be up to your local sheriff to fight back, to choose to enforce certain regulations that are about to come our way. Thank God I live in Texas. I got a governor who's already declared there will be no more shutdowns, there will be no mask mandates. And I pray to God he stands on his word. I pray to God that he, God, please, God, please bless Governor Abbott. Give him the strength and the courage to stand up to federal overreach. And it might mean moving. If your local government, if your local law enforcement does not stand up for our Constitution, no matter who or what is pushing them away from it it's time to move pay your local tax dollars somewhere else move to a town that elects leaders who will defend our rights even against the federal government (laughs) and that's all i've got for you (laughs) i don't know where this leads i honestly don't i pray to god i pray every single Oh, I'm not going to say every single minute, but I've been, I'll be completely honest with you. I have felt like I just went through almost like a bad breakup or something. I can't put it on that level because it's that, that seems so inconsequential to what's happening, but I have had this pit in my heart and this pit in my stomach and maybe it'll go away because I said these things out loud. I don't know. But I don't know where we go from here. I just pray to God that everything stays peaceful. I pray that we use the levers of government that our founders blessed us with and we use them effectively and peaceably. I pray against anybody who would cause further chaos. And I pray against Donald Trump's, um, what's the word? Habitual rowling up of people he has an inability to just shut his freaking mouth at times and I'll close with this we are good america is good we are good people we want to love each other we want to help each other we want unity and at times it seems like like we're just teenagers Perfect example. I gotta I've gotta close up in eight minutes, literally, so I promise you it's not gonna go on much longer. Um my dog, uh Rocco, best best dog in the world, promise you. But when I had just gotten him, he was maybe a year or two old, I could not let him loose anywhere outside because he would find a way to get loose. He'd find a way through the fence. Literally, one time I saw him look at the fence back up, get a running start, and jump over a four-and-a-half, five-foot fence. It was pretty amazing. I had a uh, Ron Burgundy moment. I was, I'm not even angry. I'm impressed. But it was short-lived. Uh, one time, I'm standing out trying to get him to come in, and he thinks I'm playing, runs away, runs out into the street, gets hit by a car. Thank God it only nicked his back leg. Scared the shit out of him, <laughs> and... Ever since then, he does not really have a desire to run away. And I think that's, that's kind of where we're at as a people. It's like we need to experience these traumatic moments to be reminded that much like in the Gladiator, you can only whisper the greatness of America. Because if you start getting hot-headed about it, you start getting confident in how great America is, it'll disappear. And that's where we're at. I hope to God January 6th was enough to wake us up, to wake the conservative voice up. I don't know, though. We'll find out. But I leave you with a positive attitude. I'm hopeful still. And I believe that our system of government is better, is bigger than what we saw at the Capitol. And I still believe in many politicians who are now waking up and realizing we really do have the power to either build this up and stay afloat or we also have the power to tear this down and i pray that people on both sides of the political spectrum realize that power and take a uh take a message from uncle ben that with great power comes great responsibility and um, i leave you with that you've got a voice use it much like a muscle or a talent use it or lose it You've got a voice, you've got freedoms to speak what it is you want to speak. And, and you know what? If you say something on social media, I challenged a, a celebrity, I sent him a message on Instagram. He um, probably will never see it, but just post something that's a little, that provides a little benefit of the doubt towards Trump supporters. And see how much hate you get from the left. I just I challenge you to use your voice and speak up. You want to start a podcast you're not exactly sure how talk to me i'll even edit it for you i'll quit my job if i have to i i want more voices whether it's conservative or liberal i want more rational voices on the air i want more voices who potentially get censored by give big government big tech who don't want their voices shut down we need more more voices not less so with that go out there find somebody smile at them help somebody out tip your waitress a little bit more tip your waiter if you got somebody uh delivering food from doordash or uber eats whatever it is give them a little extra tip give them a smile let them know that you hope they have a good day just be a decent american be a decent human being to each other and i think that will help solve much of the anger and desperation that we're seeing in our country so be part of the solution, not the problem. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. And I promise this will be one of the longest episodes I ever do. (laughs) And, uh, next time, hopefully you don't need to humor me for as long. Take care. This was a point B podcast. I'm Bobby. Thank you.